We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. excited because we have been in this amazing series called Turn Down the Noise. If it has been at least a bit of amazing to you, please give something. It has been so amazing. And I get excited anytime we're in a series because I feel like when God decides to bundle something in a series form, that just means that whatever he wants to say is so specific and so powerful that he wants to give it to you in doses. So whatever series we have, I get really excited. But I got really excited about Turn Down the Noise because when he introduced it, when Pastor Wanzel introduced it, I had been experiencing so much noise in my life. I think I said that to you guys during announcements one one morning. I said, I've had so much external noise and so much internal noise, not the kind of noise that you can just literally turn down, but like you're at sleep, you're trying to go to sleep at night and the, your thoughts are still racing and you're still going. So when he said that we were going to do Turn Down the Noise as a series, I was like, perfect. This is like my ticket out of torture. Like this is going to be everything that I've been looking for and that I've been needing and it has just been all of that and more. But if you go back to the first week, he posed the question. He said, most of our noise generates from one of two places, right? He said that you are, and if you weren't here, then this is helping you, right? He said that most of your noise generates either from your head or from your heart. So he asked all of us, he said, so are you a head person or are you a heart person? And he said, if you're a head person, typically your noise is coming from your head. You're thinking, you're constantly maybe overthinking, thinking about what you're thinking about, trying to think your way through, strategizing like you're a head person. He said, if you're an emotional person or a heart person, most of your noise comes from like the seat of your emotions. So it's, you feel some kind of way. You don't necessarily have words to it, but you feel some kind of way. Somebody says something to you, you feel some kind of way about you and them. So he said, are you a head person or are you a heart person? So I thought about it. I said, well, which one am I? Because I like to, I'm a student, you know, so I like to get, like, figure it out. So I said, okay, am I a head person or am I a heart person? And I thought extensively about whether I was a head or a heart person. And I thought to myself, where am I a head person? Does it start in my head? And then I just think about it and think about it. Or is it that it's in my heart and it goes to my head because it was my heart first? And then I thought, well, do I think about it? And then it becomes an emotion, so that's when it's my emotion. I do cry sometimes, so I thought, well, maybe I am. And then after extensively thinking about whether I was a head or a heart person, I landed that I'm a head person. <laughs> so full disclosure, I, I thought about that for days, um, whether I was a head or a heart person, and so I'm a head person. Um, so I understood now that I'm a head person, and I, I, as you guys know, whether it's here on stage or wherever you hear me speak, I try to be very vulnerable so I'm like, okay, I'm a head person. And that helped me because now, as I'm listening to this to the series, I can see it through that filter of knowing who I am, which is a head person. So then um, there's been all this great word going forth, and we introduced prayer a couple weeks ago. We had a great workshop like a week ago. Amen. Prayer workshop. 
Um, but we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about how when you want to turn down the noise, there is this very secret, sacred place that you can go with your father, God, in prayer. And you can unveil your pressure to him and you can be strengthened by his presence. And that prayer is just this way for us to be able to control the noise in our lives. Right? But then I realized that I struggle with prayer because I go into prayer thinking. And I go into prayer usually thinking about what I'm praying about and thinking about whether I should pray about that. And then last week you really messed me up because you were saying that God is the author and he has this canvas and he gives he has the vision. He gives you an opportunity to be able to have a little autonomy to that. And I thought, okay, so what's my level of autonomy? And then I thought, well, do I get to flex here or do I get to flex there? Or do I, should I pray about that? Or is that part of his vision? Or is it that his vision is so plain that I really don't get a choice to pray about that. Should I even pray about that? Should I pray about something else? And so I realized um, that my noise goes into my prayer life because I'm such a head person that even in my attempts to go to this very safe place, I don't know oftentimes um, what I should be praying about. I don't know when I should be praying about it. I don't know. And so Today, the message that God has given, that was all just the introduction. Um, the message that he has given has really started to minister to me, and I would hope, it will, it will help you if you're a heart person too, so don't feel left out. But if you are a head person, this might just save your life. Amen? So we are going to go to James chapter 1, starting at verse 5. And um, I'm going to be coming from the GNB, the Good News Bible translation. Um, yeah. So if you have the ability to go to GNB, um, go to that translation. And this is where James um, is going to help us know what to pray in the midst of the noise. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and go there. So it's James 1, starting at verse 5. But if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God who will give it to you, because God gives generously and graciously to all. But when you pray, you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. People like that unable to make up their minds and undecided in all they do, must not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. That was powerful when I read that. Um, it's important to get some context, though. So we are Truth Movement Church. You will find that a lot of what we talk about, everything we talk about is word-based, and we want you to have context so it, it fits, right? It makes sense. So James wrote the verses that we just read. The James that wrote it, we believe, is the brother of Jesus, James. Because there's a lot of Jameses in the Bible. Um, but it's believed that this is the brother of Jesus, James. So he has, obviously, some familiarity with noise, right? He was um, a brother to someone who experienced a lot of noise in their life. And he, walking alongside them, also experienced a lot of noise. So he's the perfect person to write this. He is writing to the 12 tribes of Jewish Christians who have been scattered throughout um, Judea and Samaria and some other regions, but primarily Judea and Samaria. 
So these, these 12 Jewish tribes of Jewish Christians, to understand more about them, they were Jews by birth. So that's how they were born. They were born Jewish. They were raised in the law. Um, they were taught by Pharisees and Sadducees. So they are Jewish. But somewhere along in their life, they came into the knowledge of Christ. And they decided that they wanted to walk in his way. And then it's not just about the laws and the commandments. That it's actually about relationship and that it's about grace. And it's about having relationship with God through Jesus. So you're talking about a people, these Jewish Christians, who already have a high level of noise on the inside just because of by virtue of what they're dealing with. They're constantly having to think about where they were but where they're trying to be. They're constantly having to reconcile what they learned from the Pharisees but what the, the apostles have taught them. So they have a, a very high amount of noise inside because we're talking inside noise. But then these same people have a lot of noise on the outside because the reason why they're scattered Y'all follow me? Y'all good and good students? Okay. The reason why they're scattered is because there was an event. One of their leaders, um, Stephen, was stoned publicly. So they were, he was out in the public square. He was preaching the truth. And they literally made an example out of him. They stoned him in front of all of them. And then it caused them just to scatter. They just started scattering. They scattered, scattering to all the different regions, Judea and Samaria. In their scattering, they are now having to deal with uncertainty. They are now having to deal with fear. They themselves are at risk for being flogged, which is beaten. They themselves are having to deal with um, Saul, who will later become Paul. But he is searching for them. He is going into their homes. He is dragging out their men and women and pulling them into prison. So they have a lot of, I already had a lot of noise going on, but now I have this noise of uncertainty. What is tomorrow going to hold? What's tonight going to hold? Will I wake up in the same bed that I went to sleep in? What's going to happen to my kid? Will my kids be orphaned? Will something happen to me? They have a lot of noise that they're dealing with. Y'all understand the sage? Okay. So these are the people that he's writing this, these verses that we just read to. Right before he said those verses that we just read, and we're going to go back to, he tells them in verses 1 through 4, Look, I, we're not going to read it. You can read when you get home. But he says, look, trust me, this is what it says. He says, I know you're experiencing a lot of trials, noise. I know. I know that you are experiencing a lot of noise in your life, but understand that some of this noise is pertinent. Some of this noise is necessary. And I'm going to tell you why. Because some of this noise is giving your faith an opportunity to triumph. This is giving your faith an opportunity to succeed somewhere. Some of, this, some of this is important because then once your faith is made strong, because God is not interested in having weak believers. He needs to make sure that we have fortitude to be able to stand what's going on and be able to still be light. He's saying, so some of this is happening because I need to build up that endurance in you that is necessary for this walk. Because it's a walk, not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? So some of this is necessary that you're experiencing. But then he says in verse 5, but if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God who will give it to you. So God is so invested in making sure that we are complete and lacking nothing that he will allow some level of noise for the purposes of our faith and our endurance. But then James says to them, but if you are lacking wisdom in the midst of all the noise you're experiencing, make sure that you pray for 
wisdom. And that helped me so much. Because y'all told y'all that when I go to God and I'm trying to pray in the middle of the noise and there's so much going on and I don't know exactly what to pray because I don't know if I pray for this, if the answer will be yes, if it will be no, it'll be maybe it'll be you know, delayed, not denied. I don't know what to pray. So when he said pray for wisdom in the middle of your noise, that gave me something to actually pray. It gave me an actual prayer to pray. I could pray for wisdom. Okay. So then let's understand more about this wisdom that he's talking about. He is talking about godly wisdom. It's not the wisdom that comes with being, you know, seasoned and that saved wisdom that comes with experience, which is very good. That's not the wisdom that he's talking about. He is talking specifically about godly wisdom. When you are experiencing a high level of noise in your life, make sure that you pray for godly wisdom. What is godly wisdom? Godly wisdom is the ability, I'll say it, well, it's not on the screen, but I'll say it. Um, godly wisdom is the ability, if you want to write it down, the ability to make good use of God's knowledge, his truth. It is, godly wisdom is the ability to make good use of God's knowledge, his truth. It is God's discernment. It is God's judgment. It is different than the wisdom that comes with, I've been around the block a few times, so I know a few things. This is godly wisdom. Proverbs 2 and 6 says, it is the Lord who gives wisdom. From him come knowledge and understanding. James 3 and 17, I'm just throwing it out there. You can pick it up if you like, and you can read it later. James 3 and 17, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is peaceful. It is gentle and is friendly. It is full of compassion and produces a harvest of good deeds. It is free from prejudice and hypocrisy. Proverbs 3 and 17, wisdom can make your life pleasant and lead you safely through it. So this wisdom that we're talking about, just so we're clear, because I got to always have clarity, you know, on what we're praying for. It is godly wisdom that James is instructing them to pray for during this time of high noise. So I was like, okay, God, this is really good. I thank you so much for giving me something to pray. Not that I struggle with words, because when I talk to him, I can talk. You know, I have a, a, a pretty good way of putting my thoughts into words, but I don't always know specifics of what to pray. But thank you, God. I said, okay, thank you, God. You're giving me exactly what to pray. Wisdom. I need to pray for wisdom. And then, he, then I, I, was gonna, I thought we were done talking, and then he kept, he kept talking. So he said, but here's why you need this wisdom. Because half of the noise in your life could be regulated if you just prayed for and exercised godly wisdom. He put like a percentage to it, like 50% of the noise that you're experiencing could be reduced, like an immediate reduction fifty percent. This is from God, not from me. I don't, you know, work in numbers and statistics. Fifty percent of what you're experiencing could be reduced if you prayed for and you actually walked in, applied godly wisdom. So for all my head people out there, and my heart people, my head people, are we feeling a little bit of relief? I know my shoulders kind of went back, like, okay. Um, so wisdom. It's funny because wisdom, according to the, the definition, is the ability to make 
good use of God's truth. So you're like, okay, well, why would it be reduced if I could just apply this wisdom? Well, think about it. If wisdom is the ability to make good use of God's truth, that means that all of this, all of these words, all this truth that we've been receiving this whole time, this whole series, we would actually make good use of it, right? And the noise level would come down because we would actually do something with it. Like it would leave our notes page in the notes app. And it would actually, like, make its way into our life. And we would actually apply it. So, like, when God says stop talking, I would stop talking. Right? And when he says don't have that conversation, I wouldn't have that conversation. Right? Like, so, actually, if I actually did make good use of the knowledge by way of wisdom, like, half the noise would come down just by me making good use of the truth. And then there's the whole wisdom is God's discernment. So then I start walking in this godly discernment, and I have the ability to know when to go and when to stay. I have the ability to know when he says, okay, let's get off of Instagram for now or for, like, forever. Like, I actually do it. And then the noise comes down because half of the noise or some of the noise I'm experiencing is unnecessary noise. These are not pertinent thoughts, right? So when I walk in his discernment, I actually don't do the things that I shouldn't be doing and half of the noise in my life comes down. It sounds simple. And I thought to God, I'm like, this feels too simple. Like, I feel like there should be something deeper. But it actually is like, it works. Like, if you actually do what he tells you to do, when he tells you to do it, and how he tells you to do it, the noise actually reduces. And I was looking for something more profound than that. I was just like, I think that there has to be some other way. But he's like, no, if you just actually follow me, my wisdom, the noise would come down. Amen? So let's keep pushing. So if we go to back to verse 5. So James 1, verse 5, he says, But if any of you lack wisdom, you should pray to God who will give it to you, because God gives generously and graciously to all. I don't really have any points. I was asked if I had points, kind of, not really baked in. But if I had a point... It would be, God freely gives wisdom. It is a gift. He freely gives wisdom. It is a gift. So when you go to ask God for this wisdom, he is going to freely give it to you. It is a gift that he freely gives. It's that he generously gives it, and he graciously gives it to all. That means that you don't have to be a certain age in order to get this wisdom. You don't have to wait till you're like in your 30s or your 40s or your 50s or above to say, let me get this wisdom. A 10-year-old could ask for this wisdom, and he will freely give it to you. So when you talk about the daily bread you ask him for, if you ask for a daily portion of his wisdom, he'll give it to you. It is a gift, and he gives it freely and graciously to all. So for those of you who are like, well, I don't really know God like that. We ain't been rocking that long. I don't know if he'll give it to me. He'll give it to anyone who asks for it. So let us leave the place of deception that says that I'm not in a good position to get it. He will give it to you. I am telling you, if you ask him for it, he will give it to you. And I need stuff like that to be able to pray to God that will be a surefire yes. I need, I, need, I need sure yeses from God. Right? I don't need, I sometimes it can't be that complicated. I just need to know that when I pray this, you're going to give it to me. So I'm a mom. And there are some things that my kids ask me that require thought. So we had taken this video game from them a while ago. And I won't go into all the details because they're here and I don't want to hurt their feelings. Um, 
what? We had taken this video game from them, and we had determined as parents, because we are a unit and we stand united, that we are not giving this game back to them because just some of the behavior just wasn't aligned with what we like to see. So um, they had it away for months, and they came to me a couple weeks ago with a, a business case for change, and they had this whole conversation with us about how what they had learned and why they should get this game back. So my immediate response was not yes. I had to talk to my husband. We had to think about it. It was probably about a week later-ish. We came back and said, yes, you can have this game back. There are some things, so that, that, that prayer, that petition, right, of theirs needed some time. There are some things that they pray that are immediate no. Like, may I have a dog? No, absolutely not. That is not a part of the plan or will or purpose for our family. And so, no, you can't have a dog. That's a quick one. I don't need to spend any time and thought or prayer about it. The answer is no. A dog does not align with the will of our family and what God is doing in our lives. Right? Sorry. It's immediate no. And then there are things that they ask us that are immediate yeses, like, may I have an apple for snack? Yes. Absolutely yes. Like, of course, you can have all the apples you want. May I do extra credit because I have a math test tomorrow and I can get five extra points? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever you want. Absolutely, absolutely. Wisdom, when you ask God for wisdom, it's in that yes, absolutely category. You actually want to walk out life with my headset? You actually want to be able to have my thoughts going through your head and that be what decides and makes and guides your decision making? Absolutely. That is an absolutely yes every time. So if you are looking for what to pray that will get you an absolutely yes, pray for wisdom. However, there is a condition. There is a condition to this gift of wisdom, because it's a gift. If we go to verse 6, let's go back there. Got y'all excited. You're like, oh, oh, hold on. But when you pray, you must believe and not doubt at all. Whoever doubts is like a wave in the sea that is driven and blown about by the wind. People like that, unable to make up their minds, and undecided in all they do, must not think that they will receive anything from the Lord. So in this moment, I am going to either reveal to you my ignorance or expose bad teaching that I've had. But when I have heard that verse, those verses taught before, it has always been, you whatever you ask of God, believe and don't doubt. You can't doubt because if you do, you'll be like that wave tossed about. There's another translation that says you'll be unstable in all your ways. You have to believe and not doubt. So when you are praying for that house, you believe. And you do not doubt that when God says he's going to give you that house, you see, you're getting excited already. You believe God for that house. And when you pray for that job, when you pray for that promotion, you believe and do not doubt. Because if you doubt, you will be like the waves tossed about by the wind. And you'll be unstable. And God won't give you anything. But I'm so grateful 
for God putting his truth into context. When he said, believe and do not doubt, he is talking about the wisdom. He is talking about the gift of wisdom that I just gave you. I said that if you pray for it, it's an immediate yes. I will give it to you. And you will, I will generously give it to you. But when I give you my wisdom, do not doubt my wisdom. Do not go back and forth with me about the wisdom that I have given you. This is for my head people. This is for my head people. When I give you the discernment, when I give you the ability to make good use of my knowledge and my truth, when I give you my judgment, do not make it compete with your truth. Do not make it compete with what you think is right. When I give this to you, because I'm going to give it to you, it's in the member the immediate yes, the immediate yes bucket. But when I give it to you, do not doubt it. Do not play head games with my wisdom. When I give it to you, when I tell you how to walk, when I tell you what to say, when I tell you when to pull back, when I tell you to spring forward, you do exactly that and do not doubt what I've given you, the wisdom. Because if you do, you'll be like that wave. You'll be unstable. You'll be undecided. You'll continue to have all this noise in your head. It's important to know that James is talking to, we already know the 12 tribes, the Jewish Christians, that one of the places that they've been scattered is Samaria. So they are, first of all, foreign places, which anytime you're in a new place, you got to be careful because you always could try to like, pick up what they're doing. Whenever you're in an uncertain time, anyone's ever been in an uncertain time here lately, you have to be very careful. But specifically, you got to be careful with them Samaritans because them Samaritans, they find their way. If you go back to Jesus talking to the woman at the well, she's a Samaritan, and she said, well, our people don't get along because you all think the place of worship is here, and we think the place is here on the mountain. So the Samaritans have a history of making their own truth. They are believers of God and other gods too, but they, but of our God, they are believers, but they have a habit of making their own truth. So you say it's over here, we say it's over here. It said that the Samaritans actually took the first five books of the Bible written by Moses and they actually tweaked them and like revised them and made their own version of the first five books of the Bible. So these are people who kind of do what they want to do and they kind of take a little bit of what you're doing and they kind of take a little bit of what they want to do and they mix it to make it their truth. So he was very clear, James, when talking to these people saying, when I give you this wisdom, because I'm telling you, you are in a time where there is so much noise. You need God's wisdom. You need his guidance. It is a gift. He's going to give it to you. When I give it to you, don't doubt it. Don't be like them. Don't make God, don't, don't put God's wisdom to the litmus test. Don't make it have to compete with your values. Don't make it have to compete with your plans. Don't make it have to compete with what you thought should have been or should have happened. Don't, don't doubt it is what he's telling them. And maybe I should say what he's telling us so y'all don't feel far removed. Do not doubt the wisdom that I'm giving you. And I'm talking to every head person. Y'all, we got it bad. Like we have a bad habit. Like it's a bad habit of taking 
we listen, we're students, we are, we're strategists, we're planners, and these are all good things. We have a really bad habit of not being able to take the truth on its face and just do. And we have a really bad habit of hearing the truth yet still choosing to think, okay, well, that's good. That's an option. Now, what should, like, we, we have a, we, we do this. So God says, as if, I, like, and I, I, I've even, um, full transparency, I've written out, like, you know, the options, you know, like I could do this or I could do this. And then, well, God, I think God may be saying this, but I know for me, I was thinking more like I do these things and I want you to not think about me differently after this conversation. But God is saying, don't do that. Stop making my wisdom compete. Stop making the truth compete. Because if you do, You'll continue to have um, more squirrel in your head. You'll have even more squirrel now because now you'll have what you know is right to do competing with what you want to do. Amen? So if there was a second point, um, it is do not question God's gift. Don't question his wisdom. And the... The third and final point, if I had one, is... The absence of wisdom is uncontrolled noise. That's exactly how it hit me. (laughs) That's the response. The absence of wisdom is uncontrolled noise. So I think it was week one, Pastor Wanzel talked about EQing the noise. And he put up this equalizer box that I had never seen before because... I'm not that old. So I wasn't familiar with the box itself, but I am familiar with the functions of an EQ machine. And I know that now there's um, equalizer machine. But now you can, you can EQ noise digitally, right? So like on GarageBand and things like that, and that's where you can lower the mids or boost the bass and all of that. Wisdom is the equalizer. That is why if you do not choose to pray for and walk in wisdom, you have uncontrolled noise. Because wisdom is that equalizer. Wisdom is the thing that says, Portia, about a minute into that conversation, you should have stopped talking. Because if you had stopped talking, you wouldn't now be at 10 o'clock at night thinking about the conversation and where it went because it wouldn't have went there. Because you would have stopped talking. Wisdom is that equalizer. Wisdom is the thing that tells you, okay, Portia, you need to start your day with me because it's, it's too much. It's too much noise. And if you don't start with me, you're going to end wishing you had started with me. So let's go ahead and start the day with me. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom says that you continue to pray about certain things to your kids. You need to be pouring the word into them. Get up extra 15 minutes. Make sure y'all have some Bible study together in the morning and some prayer. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom equalizes that noise. In the absence of wisdom, you have uncontrolled noise. Right? Uncontrolled noise. And I'm closing. (laughs) I always like to say that. Uncontrolled noise um, in the environmental sense equals noise pollution. Noise pollution, environmentally speaking, is loud or inescapable noise. It is an invisible danger to the environment that cannot be seen, but it is present. It is unwanted or disturbing sound. 
That's noise pollution. Noise pollution physically, if there's this uncontrolled noise and these undesirable sounds and this inescapable sound, it actually causes physical detriment, like sleep disturbance, heart attack, heart disease, high blood pressure. So I would ask in this moment for us to take that out of the natural environment and think about when we have uncontrolled noise in our lives, we are exposing ourselves to potential high blood pressure, heart disease, heart attack, sleep disturbance. And I wanna drive this home um, the way that God drove it home for me. I think a lot of times when we hear messages, we think that they are just, we, we divide ourselves because we are three-part beings. We divide ourselves and we say, um, well, that's for my spiritual self. You know, that's, just, that's for my spiritual growth. God wants to make sure that you understand that this series that we're in, this is not a good idea. This is help. This is like survival, like resources coming to you to help and it is beyond just spiritual help that we need because if we cannot with God and with his wisdom and with everything we've been learning, learn how to circumcise our ear and how to unmute God and learn how to cancel the noise of our enemy, if we cannot effectively do those things, we are going to have uncontrolled noise. It is going to, and probably already for a lot of us, has put physical strain on you. This is, this is leaving the physical, the abstract, you know, the place a lot of us just go to on Sundays. It is talking about your well-being, your health, your mental health, your ability to function. God is not just interested in us being spiritual beings for him. He is interested in making sure that we are complete and lacking nothing. You are of no good use to God even if you are not here. If the noise gets to the point where you have a heart attack, you have high blood pressure, you have the inability to sleep, you cannot effectively be there for God, you cannot effectively be there for yourself, for your family, or for anyone. And so I ask that as this message is, is closed, I ask that you not leave this again here in your notes, but I ask that you would really allow this to go home with you in your heart and in your spirit so that you can actually walk out these truths and you can experience not just spiritual vitality, but physical vitality as well. He called us to live a life and life more abundantly. He didn't, he didn't put any type of clarifying to say a spiritual life, a spiritual life more abundantly. I mean, he means life, like live. And it is hard to live with this level of noise. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.